Good morning, everybody. Welcome into 104.3 The Fans Coffee Break. Cecil Lammy, Rachel V. hanging out with you. I'm wearing my Broncos gear today, Cecil, because I'm acting like I'm heading out to Las Vegas for the draft because we are nice. one day away. Can you believe it? Nice. Well, uh, if that a first-round pick, I'd be in Vegas. I'm wearing uh, Storm Shadow from G.I. Joe gear because I feel like a ninja sneak it up on all these draft picks i don't know that doesn't make sense whatever we got a really fun show today we are going to be doing a live mock draft but before we get into that the big news coming out of last night the broncos re-signing melvin gordon this had been something that we were talking about for what seemed like forever whether it was going to happen whether it wasn't there was rumors about baltimore possibly signing him but the broncos are bringing him back on a one-year deal 2.5 million guaranteed up to 5 million with incentives Cecil, what's your overall take on this? Why? <laughs> Two days before the draft? Like, I understand there's leverage there, but it's not like you got him on a smoking deal. You got him for $5 million. Baltimore offered him $2 million, and he worked out for Baltimore on April 8th, I believe, top of my head. So when this news comes down, you go, okay, well, you know, but it's two days before the draft. And I'm like... <laughs> if someone fell to you that shouldn't be there right and then all of a sudden you're staring at we can get James Cook in the fifth round instead of the third round or whatever like now you are kind of boxing yourself in I still believe they'll take a late round running back probably not with one of those first five picks but for me when it came down I was like why two days before the draft and then when the money came out I was like why five million if they'd got him for two and a half because Baltimore offered him two that would make a little bit more sense. Um, but I understand there's a trust factor with Russell Wilson. There's a comfort factor and they know him and he's worked really hard with the Broncos and he's got proven production. I mean, it's production based business. So 1900 yards combined over two years, 20 touchdowns combined over two years. Yeah. You see it. It's easy to see, but that's a heavier price to pay than Melvin Gordon was in line to get. And again, the draft is two days, you, you know, you can't do this on Sunday, <laughs> if you didn't like what Feldy in the draft, anyway, I'm Mr. Draft, so maybe I'm biased. Yes, I am biased, but uh, why was my question. Okay, now that there possibly could be the duo again, you know, I came out on Twitter and I said I'd gotten the idea that Javante was just going to be running back number one. Do you think that's still going to be the case, or do you think it's truly going to be back to the split carries and that's going to be the game plan? It'll be split carries, but I will be one and one, one A and one B or whatever you got to say. And I think Javante will be the starter now. Whereas we saw that last year, you know, Gordon would start and Javante would quickly come in and they split time and they both nearly had a thousand yards and all these sorts of things. But I would look at Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon because that's what you saw Nathaniel Hackett not and work with, uh, just not and work with, with the Green Bay Packers is you had two backs and Dillon was the, Maybe not surprised back because of where they drafted him in the second round, but he was the back like you paid Aaron Jones all that money. Aaron Jones doesn't need to come off the field. Dylan's a larger back. He's a better receiver than people give him credit for, and he kind of forced his way onto the field, and then it became a nice committee for them. So it will be a running back by committee. The league is almost all specialized in that department. A few exceptions, you know, Derrick Henry, Jonathan Taylor, et cetera. So I was hoping that Javante would get in like a Derrick Henry – you know, like a Jonathan Taylor, where he's the man, because I think he could lead the league in rushing. He's that talented. The Broncos and Nathaniel Hackett specifically wanted two backs. Russell Wilson, they might have gone to Russell Wilson and said, hey, here's this rookie back we're looking at. What do you think? Or would you like Melvin instead? 
He might have said Melvin. We don't know that, but we know he's involved in, in this, you know, scouting process. So the Broncos are going with this. I think it, it'll kind of flip where Javante's the lead back, Melvin's the backup, but they both get a lot of work. Okay, so Chad and Nate yesterday talked about this a little bit, about how Chad doesn't necessarily like that Russ is taking on this CEO-type role about how he has a say in everything going on in the Broncos. Like, will he eventually critique the defense? And, like, how is that role going to work out? And he says he's not a fan. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, you kind of have to be, uh, honestly, for the right quarterback. You're not doing this with Drew Locke, all right, and, uh, you know – if you're a Drew Lock fan, I'm sorry. You were lied to mainly by people in the media um, about how good he was going to be. Um, it was never going to happen. And once you saw that it wasn't going to happen, you have to wash that stuff away. So you're not going to that type of quarterback. But this is a superstar. This is legit. He is a CEO of your team. It's the reason why Russell Wilson jerseys are flying off the shelves. Don't get me started on Nicole Jokic jerseys, which are not doing that. But – with Russell Wilson, there's that reason why he is that CEO. And of course you go to him. You're going to pay him five years, 250 million fully guaranteed coming up in, you know, a few months, I would say after the regular season or in the playoff run, maybe a Super Bowl run, that price tag is going to go up. If you get a ring though, Broncos, I hope you know that I think they do. And I think they're okay with it. So when you're paying out that kind of money, how do you ring more out, right? The NFL doesn't want to pay you. They never do. They do pay guys, but they never want to. So when they do, it's like, well, what else can we get, right? Hey, Russell Wilson, you're going to look at this film with us? You're going to be here anyway. What else can they get is they can get a guy who can help you run in the show with uh, obviously players and talent that he knows the type of players he wants to be around. So I think it's an important part when you have the right quarterback. Have you been told what was the no from the Ravens or from Gordon's side about what like didn't work out there? Uh, no, but the $2 million was probably it. I mean, if he felt he could get five, there might have been some feelers with the Broncos. Like, see what you get. And, you know, if we could come to a rounder number that's around five, that'd be okay. That would lead to a no with Baltimore. There's also the fact that he would be third in Baltimore when everybody's healthy. Uh, because they have J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards both coming back from preseason knee injuries from last year. They should be ready by the start of the regular season, from what I know. But, you know, entering training camp, it might be a three-way competition now. You're not doing anything to feature yourself. And I just said Super Bowl and Broncos in the same sentence. Because it's legit. It's real. This type of move says we're going for it. So anyone, Tyler, saying that, oh, it's going to take a couple of years. No, it's not. That's not the leg, the way the league works. You do that, and the football gods will strike you down. So this Melvin Gordon move, Gordon goes wins a Super Bowl. You know what's going to happen? He's going to get paid from someone else. Uh, so I, to that, I say, good, go win a Super Bowl so you can lose some of these guys in free agency because that's exactly what will happen. Okie dokie. Well, we got a question or I got a question last night on Twitter about injuries after I tweeted that I'd kind of gotten this idea about Javante Williams. And it says, die hard here. Why does no one talk about how injuries exist or are prone at the running back position? Not to mention short time frame in their prime. This could be the long game advantage for Williams in a place where Gordon can finish his high touchdown NFL performances in Denver. Cecil, I feel like we actually do talk a lot about injuries at the running back position. I feel like we've talked about it here on Coffee Break. But how can this, you know, help? How can now that this is happening, how can we see the positives to both sides? Honestly, I think we talk about it too much. 
I, I really do. You need to keep them fresh. Come on. <laughs> Come on. This is football. Okay. And if I go back to the 90s, because Rachel, I never thought I would be that guy. I would always be at like high school parties in the 90s with the guys that were stuck in the 80s. And I'd be like, man, what a loser. <laughs> and now I'm the guy that's stuck in the 90s talking to someone half my age about how great the 90s were. But you know what they had in the 90s? You had multiple time thousand yard rushers in a row. Would you believe that a guy like Ricky Waters had 10,000 yard seasons? Barry Sanders, Emmett Smith, Thurman Thomas, the list goes on and on. You had all of these guys that could do it. And that was, uh, that was a league that was a little more fierce defensively because rules are put in place now where defenders can't be quite as intimidating. You can't hit the way you used to. Could Steve Atwater even play in today's NFL, right? Without getting fined or, you know, suspended or whatever because Steve was that headhunter. Hell, Nick Ferguson, same thing. So I think we talk about it too. I'm like, oh, you keep them fresh. Yeah, you keep the bad ones fresh. But if you're built like that, look at Derrick Henry. And I know Derrick Henry got a little bit banged up. But still, like, running backs are built to take it. Defenders aren't as big as they used to be. In fact, the league is getting smaller. It's the reason why having large backs will pay dividends, because there's a pendulum in the NFL. It's always swinging. We're going to go fast, speedy. You see it at receivers, right? We want big, tall receivers. We want little, tiny water bug receivers. You see that pendulum. Well, that's the way it's going defensively. What do we talk about with linebackers? You need linebackers that can cover. Those are small guys, mostly. There's some rare exceptions, the Chad Muma, et cetera. That's a rare exception. But you're going to get smaller players, which means your larger backs are going to be able to do more. They're going to be able to grind, man. So in today's NFL, yeah, the long game with what there is no long game with Javante. I'm sorry, I'm gonna sound like a jerk, but it's a running back. You you use him up. I love Javante. He was my number one back in last year's class. I was over the moon when the Broncos got him. He'll be here for one contract, maybe two, but you don't want to pay running back a second contract. So, like the long game, no, the game. The ball is the game. I just quoted Herm Edwards for no reason, but either way. The game is beating the hell out of someone, imposing your will on your opponent. That's what football is all about. Javante Williams can do that if he gets a chance. If he's not rotating in and out, obviously you've struck a nerve, Rachel, or your Twitter Twitter follower struck a nerve. But either way, I just say, like, yeah, it's fine. Hey, what a great job. Way to go, Denver. Yeah, great. You got Melvin Gordon back. You paid him too much. Awesome. Good job. Could have drafted someone to do the same thing. Well, I think Javante, I'm obviously speaking completely out of context, but I think he would probably say that he'd rather win a Super Bowl and have a shorter career than have a long, very long career and not win a Super Bowl. So like you said, you got to utilize him now. You got to let him just take the hits and be done with it. But uh, Peyton Manning is in the news this morning for a great deed that he did. He has started a scholarship fund um, in DT's name. So I like how it's the Payback Foundation, you know, kind of going off of Peyton Manning's name. But this is going to go to freshman students at Georgia Tech who cannot afford um, to attend the university and provide a little bit of financial aid. So again, we love seeing Peyton Manning work in the community, especially um, for his former teammate, Demarius Thomas. So a touching piece this morning. Yeah, and a piece for a guy in Demarius Thomas who just, he took to Peyton. You know, Peyton Manning is tougher to be around. You know, we all, we see the fun guy. Teammates didn't see that. Not all the time. Why? Because the guy was a perfectionist. 
And whether it's that first practice, which I've told the story about how he was yelling at DT after two plays, DT got in his back pocket and he became a star and a superstar in this league with Peyton Manning. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of players. Hell, Cody Latimer did. Sorry, Cody. He's a buddy, right? He's a tattoo artist now in Denver. But like Cody Latimer crumbled under the pressure of playing with Peyton Manning. I know a lot of players from the Colts that don't like Peyton Manning. Uh, those players all sucked, okay? Uh, there's a reason why they didn't get along with the sheriff. It's because they couldn't hang. So Demarius Thomas, who didn't do much before Peyton Manning got there, right? Mm-hmm. We'll just be honest, right? And, of course, this quarterback situation was got out of Tim Tebow, you know, sidearming and passes or whatever. So, But when Peyton got there and he understood what it took, he took off. And to see that now, and of course, founded by the Payback Foundation and Peyton and Ashley Manning, it's simply fantastic for a great young man that's gone too soon. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Cecil, it's time now to do a live mock draft. I'm so excited that you're joining us on this Wednesday. As soon as this idea came into my mind, I was like, we have to do this because I think it's going to be so fun. So let's get to it. I'm going to be running the mock draft. Um, we are using Pro Football Focus. Huge shout out to them on their mock draft simulator. So let's do this thing. All right, so we are doing four rounds. We're going to do an average speed, so we're going to watch all of the picks go live, and then once we get to the Broncos, obviously Cecil is going to give us who he thinks would best fit with the Broncos. Cecil, are you ready? Yeah, hopefully I don't mess up, (laughs) so uh, we'll see. But this is the type of pressure that George Payton will be feeling for three days. We love the pressure. All right, let's enter the draft. Is there any trade offers that you would want to do ahead of the draft starting, Cecil? No, not in the first round. Maybe in the second round, um, but right now, first round's going to come and go on Thursday. Broncos won't pick. All right, let's do this then. All right. So as you can see on the left, it's going to go pretty speedy, Cecil. If you need me to slow it down, let me know. I think one name that we're probably going to be looking for is the tight end out of Colorado State, Trey McBride. Obviously, um, he's supposed to go in the first round. There's always a possibility he could go into the second round, wouldn't you say, Cecil? Right, right. There's a little bit of a possibility. We'll come up at the end here. A couple of teams that like him, Green Bay and Kansas City, they're picking right now. So there you go. There's Green inside Burks for their receiver. Um, so it looks like he did make it. He made it. So we're watching to see. And Ojabo goes, even though he was hurt at his pro day. Jahan Dotson, I have it as a first-round pick. Kenny Pickett made it all the way to the second round in this one. Matt Corral to the Falcons. That would make some sense. They're a team that's interested in a quarterback, but probably not in the first round. So, uh, yeah, this is fun. Look at all these. There he goes, McBride. The Packers, what did I say? Mm-hmm. McBride to the Packers at 53. So there you go. So if you're the Denver Broncos, you're watching it. There goes Chad Muma to the Chiefs. So your two players that you wanted uh, who uh, aren't there uh, go off the board right before you. Now, here's the thing. If it shakes out like that, where McBride goes to 53, and uh, help me out with the number where uh, Chad Muma went to the Chiefs, went right before him, 59, whatever that is. 62. 62, 62. If Mooma's there at 62, they're moving up. <laughs> I've seen the future, Rachel. The Broncos move up to 61 so they can get Chad Mooma. If not, if you look at the right and the players that are available, then Abraham Lucas is a player. I'm actually talking about him today on the drive. Spoiler alert. As the, the number one player you need to be targeting 
if McBride and Muma are gone. That's a big if, but as we see in this mock draft simulation, they're not going to be there. So you need to either be ready to move up or you need to be ready to take a guy like Abraham Lucas, who has a size and tenacity that you like to see. His movement and zone blocking system, there might be a little bit of a question there. But I think with proper coaching, he can improve his footwork. But I like his game at Washington State. Washington State runs a high-powered offense that has a lot of movement. So Lucas could come in, sit, kind of be a swing tackle this year, backup tackle behind Billy Turner, and then be ready to take over next year. So in the second round, and it's funny how this is the guy I'm talking about today on the drive at 2.30 on CISO Slam Dunk, it's Abraham Lucas. All right, so we're drafting him? Let's draft him. All right. There we go. Back on the clock we go. Lots of names just flying off. Who's who are you kind of what position are you gonna um hit for the next pick? Well the, the position that I'm hitting for the next pick, there's a couple that I would look at. I'm actually writing my seven round mock draft for the Broncos now. Uh, and with this pick, if he's still there, I need to, I need help. But it's Greg Dulcich, the tight end from UCLA. If he's there, he would be my pick. And I didn't see him go off the board. Um, so that's that would mean oh, that 63. oh, he did. Oh, see, so he goes right before you. So you get Muma, Dulcich, and McBride right before you at sixty-four. Wow, yeah. this is a gut punch, an absolute gut punch. Because if you're the Broncos now, okay, I would say Trey Anderson, if he's there, please tell me Trey Anderson's there. Um, that's that's the player that I would take. And it's S-E-N, not S-O-N. <laughs> so, Troy Anderson. You said S-E-N? S-E-N, yes. Oh, I don't think so. Let's see. He can't have already gotten off the board, right? Oh, he did at 59. Oh, my God. See, this is the stress. Why would you... Why do you stress me out like this, Rachel? Why? This early in the morning. Oh, it's not early, but anyway, it's early for me. Uh, okay, now I'm going to my third choice because this is, all right, not ideal. Uh, Majai Sanders, is he there? M-Y-J-A-I. There he there is. There he is. We're taking him. I wanted one more pick. I wanted to take him in the next pick. But man alive, if Dulcich is gone, if Anderson is gone, Anderson and Muma. Whew, this is a tough this is not a good draft not, <laughs> not not based on where you are getting guys you're getting two good players but i would have liked to have uh gotten the other players we've been talking about but let's go majai sanders in this round all right keep going on okay the stress I, I feel it now that now that this is happening Cecil I was like oh we'll hopefully get all the players we've been talking about but now that this is happening I'm like stressed out for Friday night yeah it's a little bit different when you're on the air because obviously the picks aren't as fast yeah so you get to project but this is the type of feeling that you have because you'll project like hey he's still there he's still there he's still, it's like a fantasy draft right like yeah. my guy's still there and then all oh, gets to you oh my god somebody took him right before me so that's not uh, ideal for what you want. Now, I haven't addressed the tight end position, but now's not the time to do it. I have not addressed the linebacker position, but I'm honestly probably not going to do that until the seventh round, or I'll do it with the safety. I'll do it with Tariq Carpenter. Who will, he's going to be there. So in this pick, this is uh, what? This is 96, right? Correct. Now, yes. spoiler alert, in my seventh round mock, I had him going back-to-back edge. 
So I'm going to go back to back edge once again, and hopefully he's there. Hopefully Cameron Thomas edge from San Diego state, Cameron Thomas, see if he's there. Um, Nope. He got picked. See, this is the stress. This is the stress you get. Mm -hmm. Oh, he went up there. He went up there. I don't like hearing that. <laughs> okay, then I'm going to go this. I'm going to go. I'm going to go D'Angelo Malone. D'Angelo Malone. Is he there? There he is. There Boom. He is. D'Angelo Malone. Done. Now you've got your two edge guys and you got to tackle. You're still ignoring some positions. Very important one in corner. But uh, Majai, Majai Sanders and D'Angelo Malone. Those are my two like canary in the coal mine rushers. You're getting those guys. You're getting them about this spot, although I would have liked Sanders here. Um, But I'm going to take Malone here, and now you've got your rushers of the future with the Broncos. Okay, we're drafting them. Okay, more picks. Back on the clock. Oh, boy. (laughs) Stressful. Again, (laughs) stressful. stressful. Yeah, because you just don't know how this is going to go. I saw in the first round, going way back, like a lot of players that I had mocked in my first round mock, which is out today at denverfan.com, but now you have your back-to-back picks. So this is kind of like, well, what do you want to do? And, of course, you see their best players available. Carson Strong, you're not playing. You're not taking him. Kellen Deitch, you're not taking him. Um, so you have not addressed corner in this draft at all yet. So with that, I'm going to ask, is Cordell Flott there at all? Do we know? <laughs> nope. Uh, you're telling me he's gone? He went at 109. 109. Okay. So, right. Brutal, Cecil. Yeah. Well, and this is why I was like, we're doing all seven. This is going to, this is going to get a little ugly. (laughs) Okay. So if I want to address corner and that's, uh, that's where we're at. Cause I'm, I want to wait one more round for tight end. I do. I really do. Maybe I should just take one here. Maybe I should take a corner and a tight end here, but this is the stress. I wanted to wait till the fifth spoiler alert for a tight end. Um, in my seven round mock for the Broncos, although I did have him getting Dulcich um, in the third round, that's not going to happen in this one. So let's go down my cornerback rankings and I'll say, okay, um, I do like if Cordell Flott, Cordell Flott should be there. That's weird. This is really, really bizarre because I'll throw out Jalen Watson, J A Y L E N Watson. There he is. Okay. I have Watson ranked ahead of Flott, and I have both of these guys as fourth-round grades. So, I mean, they should still be there. Watson's there. Let's take Watson. So you go, let's go Cougs, right? And it's not just because my son's graduating from Washington State next week. Humble brag. Um, but, uh, yeah, let's go uh, some Cougs here. So okay, Jaylen wait. Gotta quickly, we got to do your humble brag. What is he graduating? What's the major? Give us 30 uh, It's a double seconds. major. It's a double major. Uh, criminal justice and sociology. And then he'll go into the military, in the army for six years, and then he'll be a police officer or detective. Oh, well, congratulations to your son. Can we get a name? Liam. Liam. Congratulations to Liam. A huge accomplishment. We will wish, wish him the best of luck as he goes into this new adventure past college. So huge congratulations, Cecil. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Jalen Watson, drafting. Hey, we're back on the clock. Oh, here we go. Okay, so we'd have to worry about who else is left. And I said I would go tight end. So here's the thing. I, Again, man, I would love Cordell Flott in this spot. I would love Jalen Watson, who we did get in this spot. I, you know, again, I would, I would like to bump each one of these guys back 
at least a pick. So because of that, let's go. And this is one of my sleepers in this draft class. But if there's no, your, your sleepers aren't lasting, right? It's uh, they had some coffee. They all woke up. So your sleepers are not lasting in this. And I apologize, Rachel. And I don't know if they're going to have him as Chiggy or Chigazim Okonkwo from Maryland. C-H-I-G. There he is. <laughs> okay, there you go. Now, he is a Delaney Walker type of prospect. Uh, 6'3", 240. Saw him down at the Shrine Bowl. And he is, you know, your H-back. He's almost like a McBride, not as polished as a McBride. Uh, but there's tight ends in this class. There's either blockers, which you don't need. There's F guys, which are just big receivers. Dulcich is an F, you know, where he's a big bodied receiver and he's not really a great blocker. When you get guys like a McBride, who is a Y and he's an all purpose, he could be a Y and F, he can be an H. He can be an H back. You can line him up in the backfield. Uh, Chigo uh, Chiggy is his nickname. So Chigo Zam Ikonkwu, a player in Maryland who really stood out of the Shrine Bowl. Stands out on film, a favorite of mine, a sleeper of mine. I want to take him around the fifth round. This is the fourth round. But based on the way this draft is going, I'm getting crushed. So I'm going to have to take my sleepers a little bit early. And that means Chiggy is a member of the Denver Broncos right now. Okay, I like it. I like it. And I think that'll be our last pick, correct? Yes. You can keep going if you want. I'll just have to throw out some really deep names. But uh, what we've done five picks. We have four left. We do. Let's see what. Let's see what we got. Four minutes. Can I do? Can I rapid fire this in four minutes? Right. (laughs) I'm like, I don't know if I can do it to go to seven now that we've officially started. I feel like they're going to yell at you for doing that. But I guess okay. If you just had to pick anybody that you wanted, obviously when it comes down to the end of the draft you kind of lose some viewers they give us an f on majai sanders (laughs) wait i'm sorry i'm sorry majai sanders is one of my favorite players in this draft be damn your f b minus on d'angelo malone who i've ranked lower an f on jalen watson come on pff my pff guys are just uh they're, they're sticking it to us today oh my goodness gives us a c that ain't no damn cعع�����������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������
right before the Broncos pick. So this was uh, energizing, eye-opening, and a little depressing. I'm with you. I'm a little stressed out now. I know you said when it came to Chad Muma, if he was there only two picks ahead, that they were going to be most likely trading up. Do you anticipate any other trades? Yeah, yeah. They only have four picks next year. So expect them to roll some picks to next year. They have nine picks. I would guess that they pick like seven players. I don't think they pick nine. Um, and I feel they're going to move up. They will move up in the second round. Muma, McBride, one of those two, um, perhaps Tyler Smith. Although I've seen some first round mocks because now here's what I do the last couple of weeks, Rachel, is I actually will look and see what other people are saying. Before this time in the draft, I just do my work. And when someone's like, well, Kuiper said this, I'm like, that's cool. I appreciate Mel, but I'm not, I don't, I don't look right. I don't want anything to mess up my process. So I get all my stuff done. And then I go see what Dane Brugler with the athletic done best draft analyst in the world, the period, Matt Waldman, best skill position draft analyst in the world. I, I go see what Waldman's done. I go see what Dane's done. My friend, Matt Miller, who works for ESPN now, Showed him around his first senior bowl years ago. Yes, I'm that guy. But anyway, like now I'll check in. And when I check in and I see a Tyler Smith, who I have as a second round grade, but the Bronx should move up for, there's a lot of people saying he'll go in the first round. So, you know, that's not going to be the case. Go ahead and get Abraham Lucas there in the second round. Uh, but for me, I feel, I think the Broncos will move up. It just will not be to the first round. It'll be somewhere in the second round where they move up on Friday. Can you break down the difference, obviously, with Muma becoming from Wyoming, McBride coming from Colorado State, two local names. What puts McBride over Muma? Uh, It's position scarcity, honestly. Uh, There's not that many great tight ends. There really isn't. Uh, When you look across the league, that's why guys like Darren Waller get a chance. Waller was a receiver. And honestly, and I know he had substance abuse problems. I'm not going to make fun of that. And I think it's evil when people do like you addicted to marijuana. Like this isn't half baked. Okay. You know, if someone has an addiction problem, whatever that is, don't make fun of it. Mm-hmm. Um, support him. Uh, so when Waller got his life turned around, got cleaned and clean and sober, um, you know, and, and was a tight end, he was a, it was a bad wide receiver at Georgia tech, like, sorry. And he's one of the best tight ends in the league now, but he was a wide receiver. Like that's, that's what teams are doing now. That's why they're going to basketball guys. You know what I mean? Like never played college football or barely played college football, they'll go find basketball guys because there's not that many good tight ends. So it's position scarcity. Why McBride would be above Muma. Now they kind of, they're the yin and the yang because you have the elite tight end and you have the guys that can cover them. That's Muma. Um, But there's ways you can cover that up. As I said, if I don't get Muma in this mock draft, I'm getting Tariq Carpenter from Georgia Tech in the seventh round. He's a safety linebacker hybrid. And that's what teams are doing now. Because teams are taking wide receivers and making them tight ends. Now teams are taking safeties and making them linebackers. So that's what you do with the Tariq Carpenter, who was a safety at Georgia Tech. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Well, two local names that a lot of people will be looking to see what ends up happening with them. Cecil, thank you so much for doing this mock draft with me. I appreciate it. I love doing this with you. We'll definitely do it next year again. And um, this weekend, a big weekend in the NFL. Surely. I'm I'm looking forward to it. (laughs) 
Me too. I'm with you. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for hanging out with us for coffee break. Again, the Nuggets play game five against the Warriors tonight. We will be on Twitter spaces 15 minutes before tip. And then you can tune in to Facebook live, Twitter live and YouTube live as we will do a post game breakdown of whether the Nuggets get the win or are eliminated from the playoffs. So make sure you come hang out with us again. And then back again tomorrow, 1030 a.m. for another episode of Coffee Break. We'll see everybody later.